Hi guys, welcome to Middle Age Gamers, your weekly podcast brought to you by myself, as per usual, Francis, and my two trusty companions, Daniel and Ben. Say hi, guys. Hello. 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 So, what's new this week, guys? Uh, we might as well kick off the way we usually do. Um, anything changed this week, Ben, in your gaming schedule at all? I tried DSX last night is that the mankind divided that one the ps4 one yeah the one that yeah the one that's free yeah Uh, cool and what what are your thoughts so far i don't know yeah i've only done like one mission it seems okay did you play the the one you've got different options did you play the one on the ps3 no yeah see my my opinion on the latest Deus Ex, the one that came out on PS Plus, I had it um, from when it came out on launch on physical copy anyway, but I thought the PS3 one was a lot better. Um, what do you reckon on that one, Dan? Which one did you prefer? I I would agree. I preferred uh, Human Revolution on, on PS3. The um, uh, the one on PS4 was, was good. I did enjoy it. I did enjoy uh, playing it. But it took me longer to get into. I'd say it took me um, a good few hours to get into the storyline and uh, and get motivated to to actually do stuff with the game. Yeah, I think the problem that I found with with both of them really, uh, obviously enjoyed the one on the PS3 a lot more than the PS4 one. But I went into the game looking at the trophy list before I actually started playing it. And the problem with the trophy list mm. is you have to do a whole playthrough. Uh, without setting any alarms off and without killing anybody, so it kind of did, it eliminates all the fun out of that game. So I probably should go back and try and play it again as like a a gun wielding lunatic and just go around and kill everybody and not really care about like the morality system and stuff like that. It's a lot more fun that way, yeah. Just kill everything. Yeah, it's usually the way they end up playing stealth games. Um, is there anything else that you've played at all then? Um, no, nothing new at all, no. Nothing new not, on the... Not yet. No. Ask yeah. me on Friday and I'll tell you a different <laughs> story. Yeah, because we all know what's happened on Friday. Uh, what about you, Dan? Well, somebody lent me God of War and uh, I've been somewhat addicted to that this week. Uh, whenever I've had a chance to play, I've been been on that. Uh, so thank you very much for lending that to me, Frank. That's right. <laughs> to be fair, like... After we had a conversation um, when we met up, I think it was at my daughter's christening uh, or her birthday party, actually, uh, and you said that you hadn't actually played God of War yet. And I was kind of like, yeah, you kind of, if you ever wanted a gaming discussion about game games of the year or anything like that, you kind of need to play it. So hopefully within a couple of weeks, you would have uh, got through that and we can we can discuss that at length. Um, other than God of War, is there anything else that you've played? Uh, my son's got me addicted to Adventure Capitalist. I don't know if you've played it, but it's um, no. it, it's available on PlayStation. It's available on on everything. I think my washing machine can play it. Um, and it, <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically a, an endless clicker game where you just keep on buying businesses and they keep producing funds for you. Um, and it's it's insanely addictive. Um, Cut. <laughs> Kind of similar. It's it's not as graphical, but um, it's kind of similar to uh, Fallout Shelter in that respect. Oh, that you cool. just keep on going. You keep on generating stuff, and you 
you know, it, it gives you little challenges like you can um, go to the moon and start businesses on the moon and stuff like that. Sweet. Sounds fun to me. Is that on what platforms? That is that mobile or you said it's on PlayStation? Um, yeah, I've been playing on PlayStation, uh, but it's also available on like Android, iOS. You can do it on PC on the web, and it's just all over the place. Oh, cool! It's probably on the Switch as well because they seem to be bundling loads of uh, crap games like that on uh, onto Switch at the moment. Loads of iOS hand me downs. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Nothing's really changed for me, uh, gaming-wise. I got an email from uh, from Sony in the middle of the week saying if I wanted a, a month of PS Now for a pound. So I thought that wasn't a bad deal. Uh, so paid the pound. Uh, I've been sifting through some of the games on there. Some of them are really awful. Um, I seem to be playing the, the, the crap ones more so than like the mainstream games. Like, cause this game's like The Last of Us on there, all the Uncharted's are on there. You've got Fallout 3, New Vegas. There's quite, I think there's about 500 games on there. But everyone that I'm drawn to at the moment seems to be like the, the lowest budget game possible. So, so yeah, <laughs> other than that, still playing Fortnite. Um, I've been meaning to get round to finish a few games, uh, especially with a lot of the sequels coming out just before Christmas. Um, but yeah, yeah, Fortnite's just one of those games that I hate, but I keep playing it. So eventually I'll stop playing it and actually start dedicating my time to proper gaming. But until then, we shall see. So um, news this week. There's a couple of things that we're going to cover before we get into the main article of what we're going to be talking about today which is cyberpunk 2077 uh so cd project red have released the 48 minute gameplay demo um which i'm assuming most people listening to this podcast have seen by now because uh, it's everywhere it's all over the internet um i'm hoping you guys have seen it as well otherwise yeah Seriously, if they haven't, they should pause this, watch it, and then come back because we're going to be talking about it. So, you know. Yeah. The next <laughs> 30 to 40 minutes of the podcast is going to be irrelevant if you don't know what we're talking about. But um, so, yeah. So after them showing the uh, the gameplay to press at E3, uh, and they also sh- showed a similar demo uh, at Gamescom, they finally bit the bullet and realized that they kind of needed to release the gameplay to the public so everybody could see it and stop them moaning. Um, before we get onto that, there is a few no- few news articles which we'll cover. Uh, first one being is that EA and DICE have made the sensible decision, in my opinion, to postpone the launch of Battlefield Five back a month to the middle of November. So... The main reason I'm assuming they've done this is because it was sandwiched in between Call of Duty Black Ops 4 and Red Dead Redemption 2. Do you think it's a good idea for them to do that? What about Ben? We'll start with you, Ben. Um, yeah, because obviously with delaying it, between Red Dead's going to be most people's pick-up game of the year, I think, and they should have got a good chunk of the story. Call of Duty always dies down by November because you've got the hardcore fans that get it in October when it first comes out, play it, get bored of it, whatever, and then you got then the kids will get it in December for Christmas and the hardcore players will go back to it go, let's kick all the little kids kids ass. It's just a vicious circle I found like COD. So delaying it to November 
I think, sensible because then more people are more likely to pick it up because it's in a different month, I think, personally. Yeah, so there was a bit of news that came out uh, in the press about the pre-orders for Battlefield Five being considerably lower than EA uh, expected. Um, and my opinion for that is the fact that they haven't actually had the, the beta for the game yet. Um, so the game itself, uh, the beta, uh, I think you can pre-download it now uh, for the next two days if you pre-order the game. Uh, you can play the beta, and then on the 6th of September, uh, which I think is Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, uh, you can play the, the open beta. So I think after that happens, the pre-orders are going to jump, because from what I've seen so far, graphically, it looks really good. Um, are you going to jump on the beta at all, Dan? Uh, no, I think I want to leave it for the... Uh, I, I know it's a game that I will be getting, Um so I want to. I, I think I'll leave the beta and and play it when it comes out. Um, I think there's a lot of you. You, you were talking. Uh, you were talking about the um, pre-orders and stuff like that. And I think there is a there, there is the, um, the the swell for Call of Duty because of the uh, beta or beta. Um, but I think there's also a bit of um, concern about. EA's recent practices, and I think as well, um, the last Battlefield, Battlefield One, it did drop in price fairly quickly after release. So I think some people out there will be thinking, "I'll give it a little while and see how it goes." Yeah. So the, the funny thing about Battlefield One to me is, I've got Battlefield One and I've got all the DLCs. Weird thing about that is I didn't pay for a single one of those DLC packs. So EA did a weird thing yeah. where they dropped the price of Battlefield 1 after a couple of months to like from launch price to like half the price of what it was at launch. Uh, and systematically, month after month after that, they released all the DLC packs for free. So mm -hmm. DLC 1, the, the DLC pack for the first one dropped and then two months later it was free. And the same thing happened with every single one. I haven't actually played any of the DLC, but they're just sat there waiting for it to be played. So, But yeah, with Battlefront 2, a lot of people have lost faith. Not that many people had a lot of faith in EA anyway. Um, but Can I... Go on, Bab. What were you going to say? Um, I think this this whole thing with Battlefront got thrown out, got taken out way out of proportion, personally. Because I didn't think it actually... The game's still really good to me. Star Wars Battlefront 2 is a brilliant game. Okay, what anyone says. Yeah, I, I It's don't just think... got a bad thing. It didn't bother me because you buy microtransactions, you buy them as you want them. You don't have to buy them. Yeah, but I think the, I initial, think... the initial problem was the fact that the, the game itself wasn't the problem. It was the fact that the heroes, when the game launched, say Darth Vader took or would have taken roughly about 30 hours to gain. So every hero was really out of reach unless you sort of paid for them. So that was the main problem with people thinking that in Battlefront, the first one, most of the heroes were accessible straight away or it took little to no effort to get the XP in the multiplayer to get them. Whereas when See, Battlefront 2 launched, it was really impossible unless you wanted to grind for like hundreds that, of that's hours. That's the thing. It was a bit hard work to get them. Yeah, and... 
when, so when it came out. But I think if they did it differently, like, oh, here's the DLC pack for these three heroes or four heroes instead of gone play to win, I don't think it would have gone as bad if they released I, the heroes in the paid. I think as well we were building towards a backlash against microtransactions somewhere. And Battlefront 2 was wrong place, wrong time, and and it, it it just formed a storm around it. It's affected the sales of the games, hasn't it, dramatically? I yeah, think. of course. And I think Shadow of War, when that came out, it was bashed because there was it, it was a single-player game riddled with microtransactions. And if I can remember, that came out just before Battlefront 2 did. And then, yeah, Battlefront 2 dropped, and everybody sort of like microtransactions really we really don't want these in our games anymore and obviously the market's gone a different way now um with games like uh battlefield and other long lasting online multiplayer games is the um it's not necessarily microtransactions that you get anymore um it's gone like a different path but fifa's was in the news this week um with regards to belgium i think uh, changing the laws yeah. around gambling and uh, loot pack, loot boxes. So that's the f- thing. FIFA's always been paid to win. Yeah, and but yeah, and no one's ever stood up about that. But since Star Wars came out, it went hit hit shit fan. The yeah, so I think the argument because of the, pack, yeah, you didn't know what you were gonna get. But the. Yeah. The way that EA have kind of bypassed the laws that some European countries have enforced is the fact that they now tell you a probability of what you're going to get from those packs. So say you want Ronaldo from one of the packs, it's going to say, if you open this pack, you have a 77% chance of getting Ronaldo. And that's the kind of the way they've sort of gone around it in a way. Everybody agrees that microtransactions suck, but one part of uh, one article of news that came out which includes free DLC is uh, talking about EA again uh, Bioware have announced that there will be an Anthem demo uh, before the actual release of Anthem comes out and the demo will be due in sometime in February and they have officially announced even though they kind of hinted it before that all story DLC is going to be free um, so that's good uh, 100% I'm going to be getting Anthem when it comes out and now the fact that the DLC is guaranteed to be free uh, is amazing. What do you think of that one, Dan? Um, I I think that's got to be good news. Um, did you hear they've also, at, at their PAX West uh, show, they've had a little uh, dig at Spider-Man. Oh, how? how? They, uh, they said, uh, oh, by the way, as you can see, there's uh, a puddle on the ground, and uh, a bunch of people laughed in the audience, and they said, oh, by the way, there's a, like a 98% chance we might move that puddle before <laughs> the game so oh. so don't you know don't believe this is the finished product and then they moved on but but yeah so i don't know if we, i don't think we did, did that news article came out after uh, our podcast last week but if you guys didn't know there's a big fiasco uh, involving two screenshots of uh insomniac spider-man that's due out on friday uh of one being graphically superior due to more puddles being on the ground than the other one but insomniac have come out and basically said there's been no graphical downgrade um but we'll see on friday but either way 100 percent. ben's got it ready uh he's had an email saying that it's going to be dispatched so next week hopefully 
under the assumption that I don't get the game as well, which I probably will, we should be discussing Spider-Man. Um, are you looking forward to it now, Ben? Yeah, I can't wait. I'm on an early Friday, so come home from work. Put your play feet out up. in the evening. Are you gonna? Yeah, You're gonna get dressed up to play it. I was could do. <laughs> I could possibly <laughs> well do. I'm an, I'm I'm umming and ahhing whether to get it uh, on Friday. I know really? I probably will, but. Um, no time to play games, but I still end up buying them. Um, so there's not really much other news uh, this week. Uh, obviously, PAX uh, West happened. Um, conveniently, another gaming convention the week after Gamescom, which we covered last week. Uh, but they, they pretty much just dropped similar trailers to what we've already seen. There wasn't any major uh, news, not that I can think of. Is there anything else that you can think of that came out this week, guys? No, nothing really. But the main thing that did come out is the uh, gameplay demo, which I mentioned before, of Cyberpunk 2077, which is going to be the main story in this podcast. So I'll kick it off. Um, the demo itself was 48 minutes long. Uh, in my opinion, it showed a lot off of the game. Uh, it answered a lot of questions, but it also left a lot to be desired in a way. Um what we'll do is we'll kind of cover the the demo as a brief overview and then we'll kind of like knock it back and forth about what we enjoyed, what we saw that we didn't expect to see, uh, the things that kind of stood out to you. Um, so yeah, so the demo started off, uh, as you can imagine, it's a first person RPG style game. Uh, it's made by CD Projekt Red, who are most famous for now, the Witcher series. Um, so the demo started off with a cast a, a, a character customization screen. Can't even speak today. <laughs> and they decided to show us the demo through the eyes of a female protagonist, but you could play as male or female. Um, so there's a few things that they kind of showed off uh, that you could apply to the customization of the character. So um, like there's the things that you can name, obviously, uh, date of birth, prior convictions, which I thought was pretty cool. So you can maybe apply a criminal record to your character, um, the education, childhood hero, uh, key life events. Um, so that probably is more tailored towards what your character is going to be like and the personality that it will portray. Um, but it also had things like face options, hair, scars. Um, but the interesting thing that it did have uh, was modifications, so eye mods, skin mods, and sort of um, tattoos and things like that. What did you guys think of the character customization? I thought it was it was great because that is um, those extra things you're talking about, like that background. That's real role playing. That's that's taking on the role of a character, and uh, and I'm really looking forward to that and seeing how that affects gameplay. Maybe you, you do one run through where you play through as uh, as a someone who's got a real bad criminal past and you know or, or maybe play through some angel fantastic lovely character who helps everybody um it it it, it leads to the idea of more shades of gray and I think, I think that's always always good in role-playing games yeah definitely what were your opinions on it ben um i'm not sure it's well if it's too much because i've never been one of them people when I do play an RPG occasionally, that goes through all the customizations. 
I don't like change like the ears, the eyes, or anything like that. Just like pick a female person, hair, clothes. But it does sound cool. You could have like a criminal record, maybe, hmm. and like change the past and stuff. So I think, I think that's fine though, Ben, because you can you can pick a, a preset character, for example, with and, and set up their backstory and just play through that one person and pretend that was the only person that you that you did in the game uh, that that did the game. But um, for people who want to go deeper, it's got that depth there. Yeah, and it might even be the case of like even if you do pick the default character, you can then. As you're learning the background story um, of the character, you can kind of like grow to love that character or grow to hate that character and kind of like build your own story around the story that's created for you, if you get what I mean. Because so, it's, it's third person, you're not going to see person. a character, are you? No, first or person. first yeah. person, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. going to see your character. Not as much as you would hope to think so. Which, uh, and... have you seen that there was an article about there been a backlash about that? Yes, so the problem being is the fact that the game that they released before was The Witcher 3, uh, which was 100% all the way through a third-person action RPG game, and you could see the character. But you couldn't... It was quite cus- popular as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was probably one of the... <laughs> voted one of the best RPGs ever made. But you, could, you couldn't customise the character, because he was a preset character with a preset background, but you could acquire new armour... Um, and new clothing and things like that. So I think the one thing that this game has is the fact that you've got more customization. But yeah, you are right, Ben, in the fact that you probably will only see them, say, when they enter an elevator or a cutscene or something along those lines. So is the amount of options kind of like falling by the wayside because of that? Well, we'll we've only seen a little bit, so it'd be interesting to see. So. The next thing they kind of showed off, which is kind of part of the character customization anyway, was the stats screen. Um, most RPGs, you have stats. You usually put them into strength or magic or things like that. Um, but there was some different ones uh, in this game. Obviously, you've still got the strength. Um, there is things like reflexes. There was tech. Uh, but there was also a stat for cool as well. I don't know if you guys noticed that one. be interesting to see what cool actually is as a stat. Maybe it goes towards yeah. the street quid bit that they talked about. Yeah, maybe. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that transitions to your character and how they interact with, obviously, the environment. So there was a mention, the fact that there is no class. So in some RPGs, you can be um, like a soldier or a mage, a healer, a wizard, that sort of stuff. I know this is more of a a modern, not a medieval-style RPG, but they did state that there is no class, uh, but the, the class system is like a fluid system, so it will constantly be evolving depending on what you do in the game. So that was quite interesting. So after you have a character customization screen, uh, there was a short sort of intro uh, into the mission that you were going along. Uh, obviously, you could see your character. Uh, the character itself uh, was coming out of uh, bed, uh, with a partner from the, the looks of things. Um, and the first thing that I got as soon as you sort of came out of the character customization screen is how crisp the graphics look, uh, the lighting. Um, there was a few sort of things moving around like curtains and stuff like that. And that was really sort of visually appealing. And that's the first thing that kind of gripped me. Um, what was the first thing that sort of like grabbed your attention, Dan, when you when you when the gameplay started? 
Um, I I was more concerned as to whether these two people were married or not. I mean, uh, no, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the the graphics did look really crisp and uh, it, it looked really good. Um, as the demo went on, I noticed that graphically there were a few. I mean, it, it's obviously really early footage, so you know it, this this is a long way off. But um, especially if you watch it back, look out for reflections. There weren't uh, a great many reflections. And also some of the shadows were really quite shonky. Like later on when, when she went to the Ripper dock, uh, look at the, the shadow of his chair. Um, and it may be that, because this is the same engine from The Witcher 3, just adapted. So it may be that they are having a few troubles with moving from that third person to first person uh, perspective. But um, oh, overarchingly the graphic looks fantastic um which i think is one of the things that made little glitches stand out more yeah and i think it's kind of important to note that at the very beginning of the demo they did stress to the viewers that this is very early footage and everything could be subject to change so they kind of like covered their own bases by stating that at the beginning so yeah i noticed a few sort of glitches and the graphical errors but as a whole it was quite standout in the sense of like one of the best graphical games that I've seen so far. Yes, this is the point that they're improving from and and they're planning on releasing in, let's say, a year's time-ish. Then then they're in a really good position. Oh yeah, definitely. What was the first thing that kind of jumped out to you, Ben? Oh no, this is very stupid. Just how like the room looked and it did look futuristic if you get what i mean just the architecture of the building oh yeah yeah 100 percent. looked like amazing and you could but, tell it was set in the future just from her getting out of bed if you get what i mean but not crazy futuristic though but sort of lived in and, and real i really got the feel of judge judge dread yeah the latest and one. Fifth, fifth element yeah, no, I've not seen the latest one. Oh, the, the, I've only the, seen the original Dread. So watch the the latest Dread film. It's actually quite good, uh, surprisingly enough. But the whole film is pretty much set in this like high rise block of flats. Um, and the the apartment that she leaves uh, at the beginning kind of reminded me of that. It's very similar. Obviously, they're trying to go for the Blade Runner style. Um, obviously, me and Dan had a conversation this week. Um, obviously, I think you were involved as well. But, but um, he, he, Dan said it kind of reminded him of like the, the Robocop as well. And it's got that mm. gritty, um, like you said, lived in, down to earth. But you can, you can tell that this is set in the future. Um, and as soon as she uh, was on the streets, Fifth Element, 100% is what I got from it as well. Um, but it's kind of a world in a computer game that we haven't really explored um not on length obviously we mentioned deus ex before and ben said that he started playing that this week and it's got a similar feel to that but a hundred times more um like going on around you yeah the um you mentioned blade runner there but i really really like that they went for a daytime setting that they didn't go for that sort of trope of a, a, a rainy nighttime uh, environment for a um, Which they for a did a lot of, uh, what they do yeah. in a lot of future films, don't they? Correct. Yeah, I think 
future in a lot of people's minds, especially sort of people making films and games, is set at night with neon lights. And 100%, the fact that they've gone for more of like a, a daytime feel is definitely going to be a plus for this game because it opens a lot of options. Um, and the last thing you want to be doing is playing a game in constant darkness as well. Um, so in the gameplay uh, that we saw close to the beginning of the demo, um, they went on a mission. Um, and there was a bit of a gunfight. It led into um, they found two bodies uh, in a bathtub. Um, and then it, they transpired. They had to take it out and they called an ambulance and it sort of went on from there. But this, the first bit of gunplay that we saw, I was really impressed with like the slow-mo effects and the way that when they shot bullets and it kind of hit like a pillar in the middle of the room, like the, the pillar kind of crumbled with the gunshot. So it seems that they've going to be some form of destructible environments, which we haven't seen properly in, in quite a long time in games. Yeah, the, de the destructibility was um, a little bit like The Matrix almost. You know, the that, that scene in the... Um, the lobby. The atrium, the lobby, yeah, yeah. with the, the bits ticking off the walls. Um, so, yeah, um, again, sort of troping off other films and other um, uh, media as well. But, um, but good stuff, well put together, and, and it felt like this could really, uh, this could really work. Yeah. 100%. Um, and they kind of... That mission, obviously, that's kind of an intro mission, um, and things are obviously subject to change, but the, the graphical content at the very beginning, the fact that you, you take that... She's not dead, but she's kind of obviously unconscious. The body uh, out of the, the bath of ice is kind of, um, kind of telling to what the game might entail sort of later on and how serious uh, the missions might be. Um, but one thing that kind of knocked it back for me is the dialogue. Um, and a lot of people that I've spoken to who have seen the uh, the gameplay demo this week have kind of noticed that as well. Is It's very campy in the way that the the two characters interact with each other. Um, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, it's quite... Um, I, I suppose not all of the voice acting will be done at this stage. And... Um, it did seem a bit sort of ham-acted at the moment, parts of it. I reckon it was thrown in just for the demo. And uh, the voice acting is going to be totally different. Yeah, hopefully, because there was a lot of... Um, the Her character's partner was very stereotypical in the sense of, like, he was... Uh, like a Mexican dude, and every other word that he said was a swear word, and it was just kind of, like unnecessary in a way it, it was either a swear word or he'd say something in mexican like uh, well spanish like hombre or yeah, you know puto. something like that yeah yeah is it cuto or i don't know puto or something. yeah and, and you just that. think oh jesus man you know it was just too much of it but yeah so, it's probably overacted at the moment and they'll they'll change a lot by the time it releases yeah, I'm sure with the feedback that they've been getting, that's one thing they will sort of definitely change. So the next thing they kind of hinted on uh, was there wasn't going to be any load screens in the game. So it'd be interesting to see uh, how the world itself is generated as you're passing through it. Um, the last thing you want to see is loads of popping, especially when you're driving. But the driving sequence that we saw seemed very on rails in the sense of um, 
obviously the demo itself was scripted. Um, there's no getting past that. There's things that they put in there that was meant to happen the way it happened, and there wasn't very. It wasn't like it was controlled by a person playing the game. If you saw what I meant, but the drive in itself seemed very. You're getting from one point. Well, point A to point B, there is no diverting. Yeah. It felt like you couldn't really go anywhere else. Did you, anybody else get that feeling? Yeah, I got that. That might just be another early, you know, version glitch, though. It might be that we've got a city like Grand Theft Auto that we can drive around. You know, we don't know at this stage. But I did kind of think, um, so they said there were no loading screens, and then they went and got in an elevator, and they went down in the elevator. That could be a hidden loading screen. Um, they said, uh, th th so there were no loading screens, but then they went out into the city and the next bit was they got into a car and you were kind of locked in that car for a period of time. And it, it made me wonder, are they sort of, there are loading screens, but they're hidden in what's happening around you. Um, which, which if it works and if it's well hidden, then it could be really clever and really good. But um, it could be that we're, aware that that is a loading screen yeah a hundred percent and they've done it in god of war i don't know if you've got that far yet but it's not a spoiler um obviously god of war was not famous but in the sense of they added a new uh method of filming so god of war is one continuous shot um but the way they kind of eliminated loading screens is you kind of go into like a separate realm to the world that you're in and you walk around a big sort of courtyard essentially until yeah. uh, the next level's ready and then you kind of jump into the next level so there's, there's ways around it um, so yeah without a doubt going into an elevator or going into a car or maybe entering like a cutscene with a chase or something like that that's going to be obviously loaded in the background so it's been done before but it'd be interesting to see um how seamless it works that's the main thing if there's any sort of slowdown or anything like that i don't think it's going to work that well but we'll see on that one um so the one thing we kind of need to discuss is the fact of because this is set in like a cyberpunk world um is the modifications that you're going to be able to get so i'm assuming that it's going to be working like an upgrade system but instead of just you get say 100 xp and you can just open a stat window and get a new stat you're going to be getting upgrades to your character so the what we saw was um the v the character uh went to kind of like a bat street doctor um and she got two upgrades one was a eye upgrade and one was an upgrade to her hand um and one thing that i did like about that scene is the fact that when the doctor put her new eye in you could kind of see her in the perspective of her new eye that was brilliant. That was so cool. He, when he sort of turned it on, he said, oh, so let's see how it's going, boom, boom, and it turned on, and you could see yourself. It was kind of like, hang on, where are we? Oh, I get it. I get what's going on. I, I really like that. I did find it weird that the doctor, who is dealing with all this high-tech stuff, has a display screen that's like only like one bit. It's displaying black and white. <laughs> got, have you not got anything better to show your clients what they're going to have installed in their bodies? But, yeah. you know, it, it's that's what it wants to work with, you know. Yeah, that could be like a placeholder. Um, obviously, with regards to the upgrades, what sort of thing would you like to see the character being able to do, Ben? Um, like a hearing upgrade, maybe, so you could be more stealthy. So you, like, enhanced your hearing, because obviously 
your height, your cyber punk. So you got got the eye, so you can see. So maybe something to do with your ears, so you can hear better in different directions better. Oh, that'd be cool. Like listen to conversations through walls and stuff. Yeah, that'd yeah. be pretty cool. Yeah. Or even if it was like, say, like bat ears. So the the conversations itself like emitted like a vibration or an echo. Uh, and then you could see the the sound vibrations through walls. So in theory, you could kind of see through walls, but because of the sound, that would kind of be a cool twist on it. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Yeah. If you could have any upgrade or any upgrade you'd hope to see in the game, what would it be? Um, let's stick with sound and let's have a, a like a sonic pulse, which sort of disables um, biological enemies. And, uh, and 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 I'm putting that in there so that it's like not overly powerful. You can disable biological enemies for a moment. You get in there and you can use that slow down mechanic to move around and quickly eliminating them. Um, and and then that gives you the the um, the challenge of like uh, those guys that you see later on are more enhanced. Perhaps that doesn't work on them. So kind of like an EMP grenade, but more like psychedelic yeah yeah that's cool yeah no that'd be a good one um i think if i could i'd have a really petty one like an internal mp3 player like because obviously there's going to be music in the game i'm not too sure if they're going to be a case of it's going to be music of modern day that they're going to put in there or if they're going to create like they do in grand theft auto and they make their own radio stations um if they're going to have artists come in and do songs or create music specifically for the game um but it'd be cool to have like music as you're walking down the street and stuff like that that's what i would sort of like want to see it's quite a lame one but it's kind of i'd assume it's important if you want to hear the music and the going around good to select the music but didn't they talk about um that they're getting artists in and um, asking them to record their their songs, but with a slightly different slant so that it sounds more futuristic and, and fits with the game better. That'd be interesting. Know. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. Yeah, especially if they've got some, like, like metal bands doing some futuristic, like, post-apocalyptic punk or whatever, stuff like that. That'd be... Uh, Definitely be interested to see. Um, so one important thing we need to talk about is the weapons. Obviously, this is a first-person shooter. Obviously, it's got RPG mechanics and all that sort of stuff, but the main focus and the main appeal of this game is going to be the gunplay. Um, so the guns that we saw um, were very sort of like... They looked old school, but they were still futuristic at the same time. So we saw like a tech shotgun, um, which was utilised in the sense of when the character went into slow-mo, like you could blow people's legs and stuff off. What did you think of the weapons, Dan? Um, I, I think what we saw um, throughout it, it was really good, uh, especially towards the end, you saw some like more tech, more heavy military weapons. Um, but I do hope that the majority of the weapons that you get hold of for a large portion of the game are uh, sort of street weapons that are uh, available to most thugs and, and, and people out on the street. Um, if it just throws that military hardware at you from the beginning, you're gonna you're gonna feel like you've uh, gone Arsenal to to use from the from the very start. I, I want it to make the um, abilities uh, more useful in combat 
than necessarily uh, just going for heavier and heavier weapons. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Ben? What what sort of guns would you hope would be in the main game when it comes out? Well, I'm hoping like some like cybernetic we- weapons that like are that that are trained for your person, so like you get program or a program, and you so you're like really good with a certain weapon, and only you can use that weapon. Anyone else tries to use it, they can't because it's down to your DNA. Mm, that'd be pretty cool. I I just think more futuristic instead of like standard weapons. Just like generic, like an AK forty seven or something like that. It'd yeah, cool just if... no, no generic. No, of course, yeah. Weapons. I think it would be cool, like if it worked that sense of say you're in a gunfight and you get shot and you drop your gun, for example, and maybe one of the enemies and the thugs come over, pick your gun up, and there's like a sequence that happens where he's trying to fire it and nothing happens and then like it tears his hands off or something like that because it's kind of triggered to your DNA. That'd be cool. bit like blades, sword. When anyone else touches it, it chops their hands off. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, there's, there's a film that I've seen as well where it happens with a gun, but I, I can't for the life of remember what film it was, but, but either way it will come to me. So... We did see later on in the demo that she had these um, sort of things, blades that came out of her arms, which they called the mantis blades, which allowed her to like mantle and climb on walls. Mm. So whatever, not weapons, because I would assume that's more of an upgrade, um, to get around the environment, what other stuff do you reckon is going to be inside the game? Like they referred to it as like a, a cyberpunk ninja didn't they the the ability to play the game like that um so i'm i'm hoping we're we're going to be able to jump like three times our height at least you know um they showed uh bouncing off walls didn't they um, yeah you could double jump and then like push off a wall or something like that towards the end yeah yeah um so oh, I'm not I'm not really sure. I'm, I'm really interested to see what they've got. There's an interesting point I kind of want to make about the whole look of the game. Go on. It doesn't feel like an RPG, which has made me more likely, oh, I'll actually try and play this game. Yeah, I think what they needed to do is, because especially because it's first person, is tailor the game to many different um, tastes, really. So Cyberpunk uh, or was, I think it's 2022, is what the game's based on, which is actually like a, uh, a tabletop RPG, similar to like um, Dungeons & Dragons and that sort of thing, where people would sit around a table and they would make up their own characters um, obviously there'll be somebody um, who's like a story master in the sense of um, setting the environment and telling people the adventure that they're going on, but the people made their own story. So this is kind of what they're going for in this. And it's kind of a good thing that you mentioned that, Ben, because what I got out of the demo and what I kind of want from the main game is is options. So I want to be able to play the game the way that I want to play it, but... I understand that people uh, like yourself, Ben, would probably focus more on the gunplay than they would um, creating a story and going around and talking to all the people and 
reading all the books and that sort of thing. So you've got options, which is great. Yeah. I think I think um, a good choice as well. Oh, upgrades don't sound like a chore either, like they normally do in an RPG. So like, I'll upgrade this and they actually help you out. They sound like they're cooking well, yeah. Yeah, it um, seems, the upgrade system seems a little more, um, oh, what's the word? The word's going to bug me now. Natural? Um, Linear? No, um, like, not natural, um, but you know, the fact that you're not just getting XP uh, and then upgrading stuff, it kind of like happens organically. That's probably the right word. Hmm. Um, I think it's a good thing they've gone for 2077 as well I think there's you, you know like at the moment you've got Battlefield 1 Battlefield 2 and then what we're going to have Battlefield 3 and, and we already had that um, with, with going for a date with 2077 there's the potential there to tell maybe a prequel story or, or jump forward a few years uh, and, and the follow up might be 2078 but it, it might be 2084 or something like that, you know, they could move around in time with their story. Yeah, I, there's no doubt that this game is going to sell really well. Uh, and they kind of said that they are going to be making a new Witcher game, uh, but it won't be a direct sequel to Witcher 3. It'll just be mm. set in the same, um, same place or same narrative, same, same story, but not with the same characters. Um, so, yeah, there's loads of potential. Uh, and it seems like the future setting that they've gone for is uh, a possible one in the sense of like it, it's not set in space um, or there aren't any stupid things which you would assume would never be uh, created or released. Um, it kind of seemed very plausible that that would be a world that people could live in in the future. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I think as well, the amount that they're investing in getting this off the ground, I would be incredibly surprised if we don't see at least a couple uh, more games in this in this world if it's successful. Oh, definitely. Which I don't. It will be. So yeah, hopefully we'll see many to come, but we don't even know when the game's set to release yet. So it'd be interesting to see. Um, that's one thing. We haven't necessarily covered everything in the demo, um, but what? when do you predict the games are going to be out, Ben? What do you reckon? Um, maybe Christmas time next year. A late, late release. Yeah, that's a good thing. What or, about you, Dan? When do you reckon it's going to drop? Or even 2020. Wherever they target, I imagine it'll slip, so I hope they target sort of September next year. Um, and and the likelihood being a slip to October or November. However, um, it I think it partially depends on the release of new consoles. If yeah. new consoles are are announced next um, E3, I think this might be a cross-platform launch title for new consoles. <laughs> See, I'm going to be super more optimistic. Um, they did state that the game is in a playable state from start to finish. They just need to do a bit of polishing, add assets, and obviously different things like that. So my prediction is it's going to be out June, July time, because or 2019, I should say the year, 
Um, mainly because yeah. games don't ever really release in the summer months. Um, obviously, there's a reasoning because of that, because they assume people go outside, but nobody goes outside anymore. They've got computer games. Don't be silly. Um, but it's one of those opportune times to release a game because a lot of games, um, it's not common, but it's starting to become more common, is the fact that big AAA games are now releasing in February and March. Um, and then you've got like the tail end of the year where... September, October, and November is super flooded with major game titles, but nobody makes the opportunity to release a game mid-year. And if it's just them, nobody else is going to release a game around them. Similar to Red Dead Redemption 2, people have purposefully postponed their games or brought their games forward knowing that they're going to lose loads of sales. So I predict July 2019, the game's going to release. It's not going to get delayed because I don't want it to get delayed, but... Yeah, that's what I reckon it's going to come out then. Well, they, they've got history around there because um, The Witcher 3 came out uh, May 19th, uh, 2015. And I remember that because it's my son's birthday. Um, so uh, I wasn't able to play it for a little while. <laughs> I thought you were going to say but, uh, so I ignored his birthday and played The Witcher. No, no, sadly not. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so they they got history of releasing games at that time of year. So I and The Witcher did very well. So I don't see why your prediction is is far fetched there. No. So it'd be interesting to see. I'll, Go on, Ben. Do you reckon they're going to be like linked to The Witcher and Cyberpunk? No, I don't think do they'd be, they'd they'd be they'd... any sort of link. I don't think they'll be a cross universe. No, I don't think it'll be cross universe, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are some um, sort of Easter eggs in there. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like uh, Dandelion's Noodle Bar or uh, sort of a series Gun Shop or something like that, but not yeah. actually the character. You know. Yeah, it'd be funny to see if you could, like, say you went into a bar and there would be two old guys in the corner playing Gwent from The Witcher or something like that. Or yeah, even if it's yeah. a case of like you went into a library and there'll be like, the, the history of Novograd or something like that. That'd be pretty cool. But there will be a nod. There yeah. will definitely be a nod to The Witcher in there somewhere. So I was thinking maybe it'd be like linked like Watchdogs and like they linked to Assassin's Creed. Yeah, potentially. What? Well, the fact that it's set in the same universe. They're not properly linked, but just a little sprinkle. Yeah, I think the thing that Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs had is because Assassin's Creed always had that kind of like set in the present or slightly in the future thing with um, them going in um, to the Animus and Abstergo or whatever they were called. Um, it makes sense, but I think the time scale between The Witcher um, and Cyber... But, but then again, it could be. It, they could, it could be the, the fact that it's set in the same place just thousands of years in the future you never know but there's not going to be any well they said it wouldn't be the same characters so it could no. be surprise it's not actually called cyberpunk it's called like the witcher 4 and they've just fooled everybody the witcher 2017 yeah but no it'd be interesting to see but it's funny you mentioned watchdogs really because one thing that i kind of got from watching that trailer is everything that i kind of wanted from watchdogs was kind of contained inside the cyberpunk demo that we saw um, obviously those hacking bits and other kind of um, more technology-based stuff that they kind of should have had in Watch Dogs, but they kind of um, just kind of bypassed in a way. So it could be the hacking game that I've personally been waiting for, but 
we'll have to wait and see if they've got in-depth hacking and computers and all that sort of stuff. Well, if it goes watchdogs route, don't be fooled by the trailer. Yeah, yeah, to be fair. Like, <laughs> I love the wit. I love watchdogs. I got the platinum for the first one. I got the platinum for the second one. Like, everybody... I know there was that graphical upgrade on the first one, but that's kind of like marketing because Watch Dogs was supposed to be a launch title for the PS4 um, and Xbox One. They had to sell it and it got delayed and blah, 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 blah. But I really enjoyed those games. So hopefully Ubisoft announced that they're going to release Watch Dogs 3 at some point because I've kind of yearning to play another one of those games and those are the sort of games if you go into them thinking it's not going to be a Grand Theft Auto style game they kind of work out really well and I think the problem that Cyberpunk might have is a lot of people are going to go into it thinking that you're going to be able to do everything you can do in Grand Theft Auto but there might be limitations because they didn't mention if you could just whip out a gun and shoot people in the public or anything like that they didn't mention anything like that did they? yeah but how far can you push that freedom i think that's that's the question really because they kind of hinted on drugs. they might use. go down the scarface route where you can't kill civilian just innocent people yeah whether it's a case they of like if, that maybe it might be the fact that you've got an implant in your brain that when you go to shoot an innocent person, like somebody in the public, that like something stops you from doing that. That would kind of work because of the like, the augmentations and the upgrades that you've got inside of you. Yeah, um, it's interesting you were talking there about uh, watchdogs and the possible possibility of a graphical downgrade. Um, they confirmed what we were seeing in that demo was running on. Uh, PCs running uh, 16 gig RAM, 1080s, and, and Core i7 yeah. um, processors. So um, that's that's about the very, very top end of what uh, an Xbox One X can handle at the moment, very, speaking very roughly. Um, <laughs> no, they've, they haven't so, got any games to show it off yet, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see what the console versions of the game actually look like in the end because if, if you think that we're, we're this if this comes out for xbox one and microsoft have said all games that come out for one x have to be on one as well uh, and the same with pro and ps4 um we're, we're talking about going back to a seven-year-old machine and, and and frankly the xbox one if you look at far cry for example far cry 5 it doesn't handle it anywhere near as well as, as the uh, the more modern machines or even the PS4 itself. So it will be interesting to see how this runs on on a, an original uh, Xbox One. Is this a problem that they need to fix with showing games on PC and not on the actual console? Yes and no. Um, it's been done since the dawn of the dinosaurs, unfortunately. When they show off the games, especially the fact that they originally showed it behind closed doors to uh, the press and the media, is they wanted to show the game in the best light. Um, is it a problem? 100% it is. Of course it is. I think it leads to false representations of the games. There's so many games that have come out and people are like, hold on a minute, that game doesn't look like 
how it did at the E3 trailer like 15 years ago. And they'll never stop doing it. But some, I think the one thing that Sony has going for them is they usually show their games off on a PS4 or a PS4 Pro. And they specifically state that. There's no sort of like false advertisement. Obviously, some games maybe get a downgrade. Um, but that's kind of irrelevant. But I think with this game in particular, it's a question of is it going to be coming out on both generations, i.e. PlayStation 5 and Xbox. God knows what it's going to be called when it comes out. Um, but yeah. Xbox th- Roulette. Xbox, <laughs> that's quite a good name, actually. That'd be pretty cool. It's like rolling the dice to see if you're actually getting a good console or not with any exclusives. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, like I think only time will tell. Um, if it comes out next year, it may get a remaster or something along those lines. But I think a decent PC is probably going to be the place to play it. But you're looking at a really expensive machine to do that. So, um, yeah, I think it's a case of only time will tell and we will see. Um, but fingers crossed it comes out sooner rather than later. So... Before we leave, is there anything else you want to add about Cyberpunk 277, guys? No, just, just to please be good. Yeah, yeah and, and we, want, we want to see it as soon as possible, basically. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, but it would be good if we did wait for next gens, because then we could have a graphical. It could look as good as it looks on PC now. Yeah, 100%. Uh, like we were saying before, it, the the beginning of a generation of uh, so you look at the games that came out at the beginning of PS4 they didn't look that much better than PS3 end of generation games but if you compare beginning of generation on a machine to end of generation there is a massive leap um, for example I still look, think Last of Us looks one of the best PS4 games but it was a uh, PS3 game well yeah, I know that yeah if you look at the Last of Us now though. Um, even with its uh, PS4 Pro patch, and you compare that to God of War or... Um, or even Uncharted even, 4, which is kind of in a similar yeah, engine. There, there is a, a massive leap between those games. Um, I, I love The Last of Us. I think it's brilliant. But um, uh, I, the, the next Last of Us game will show will be on this generation, yep. I, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it will be. Uh, the two, the difference is enormous. Oh, 100%. Absolutely huge. And I think the leaving thought for this podcast is probably if Cyberpunk 27, 2077 is a launch title on the PS5, um, it's only sort of telling what games are going to be like in the next sort of four to five years. If that's the starting point, then Jesus Christ, I want to see what it's like sort of four years into the console cycle and what sort of games we're going to have um, coming out, especially with graphics and things like that. Um, so, yeah, so if there's anything you want to add uh, to the podcast today, if you have anything you think that we missed or didn't discuss, uh, by all means, hit us up on our Facebook page, as per usual. Um, if you don't know where to find us, if you search for us on Facebook, we are under Middle Age Gamers. Uh, you may be listening to us on your favourite uh, podcast provider but if you're not we are on all major ones including spotify apple itunes uh, google podcasts stitcher Castbox, you name it we're probably on there um until next time then guys i think it's a wrap so it's bye from me
Bye from me. And I'll see you all next time.